Hey guys, welcome to the 20th episode of the Indian Market Story. As our returning viewers will know, we're here to talk about how India is going to get from our current state to $5,000 in per capita GDP by 2030. One of the major drivers of this growth cycle is the expansion in infrastructure. And the bedrock of this infrastructure expansion is, of course, cement. We're here with our returning guest, Mr. Deepan Mehta, to talk about the Indian cement industry and the stocks in the investable space. Thank you so much for joining us. Could you tell us a little bit about the cement stocks and what, what's going on with them? Yeah, uh, thank you, Varun, for again inviting me on your podcast. It's a privilege and a pleasure. And you, I like the word you used, bedrock. Because cement actually is made from rock. Limestone is rock. And from there, cement is made. And that really is the foundation of the infrastructure uh, uh, setup, the infrastructure expansion taking place in the country. And cement is one of the core industries with a lot of focus of the government on that particular sector. Now, cement uh, you know, has been a great value creator for the stock market as well. And obviously, because we're a developing country, so as in when you require more and more infrastructure projects, real estate, office buildings, over there you require cement and therefore cement growth has been consistently growing at 5-6% year over year for several decades. And the most uh, important aspect of the cement industry which you will find very, very surprising is that unlike other commodities, the cement industry has displayed exceptionally good price discipline over the past several decades. And that has been the key reason why they have been able to create this kind of value for shareholders and generate these kind of returns and this kind of profitability. No, that's absolutely uh, absolutely true. I was I actually had this perception that cement companies, because of you know the commodity nature of the product and the cyclicality of the infrastructure growth cycle, were not great value creators. But I want to just try and put something in front of the investors because this shocked me when I when I heard it. So, over 19 years, Ultratech Cement has returned 19.8% compounded return. Shri Cement, over 29 years, has returned 23% compounded return. Ambuja has been a little bit under the average. It's been a bit of an outlier. Over 29 years, it's returned 10.8%. But they're definitely the outlier because ACC has returned 14.7% compounded over 29 years. And Dalmia has also returned 16.9% compounded over 13 years. So, you know, it was a shock to me that there's such exceptional value creators that have beaten the index so handsomely. What's the reason behind their success? So, as I mentioned, of course, the price discipline is very important reason behind the success. And the industry also has been very, uh, I would say, methodical in terms of capacity expansion as well. They never got into over excess capacity situation. And the third thing is cement is a commodity which cannot be imported. So therefore, the players are local and they don't have to worry about dumping from China, which mm -hmm. is true for a lot of other commodities where mm -hmm. China factor or some other factor comes into play. But cement is totally domestic. And uh, apart from that, the demand has been consistent. Especially last 5-10 years, the demand has gone significantly higher as well. I think, I think it's a really lovely point that the demand has been consistent and that's what made it such a great value creator. But one of the biggest pieces of news in the cement sector over the last several months or so, uh, sorry, more than months, maybe a couple of years or so, 
has been the Adani purchase of Abuja and ACC Cement. So could you shed some light on what those companies are like and why this purchase makes sense or doesn't? Yeah, see, I think that one of the key moments of the cement industry has been the acquisition of Ambuja Cement by the Adani Group and ACC is a subsidiary of Ambuja Cement. And what the acquisition did is it shook up the whole industry because the Adani Group announced that they want to double the cement capacity of ACC Ambuja over the next three to five years or so. And when they want to go on for this kind of a massive expansion, clearly they are going to go after market share. So in response to their very aggressive expansion plan, every cement company decided to expand capacity. So now we are in a situation where every cement company is looking at expanding its capacity by 20 to 50% over the next three to four years. And such large capacity coming on stream over the next two to three years, maybe five years, could lead to a glut in cement over the next two, three years or so. And that really is a warning signal for a lot of investors. Yeah. So that's very interesting that, you know, a lot of capacity expansion is about to take place because it seems like these companies are losing the price discipline that made them such outperformers um, or, or they might. But an adjacent question that I wanted to ask with that is if I look at all of these cement companies, their return on equity is, as in their capital efficiency has not been that great. I think in our last podcast, um, you know, we spoke about, or rather last last podcast, we spoke about FMCG companies that were extremely, extremely good capital allocators and, you know, had great return on capital. If I run through the list, Ultratech has an ROE of 9.5%. Shri Cement is an outlier at 12%. Uh, Ambuja is, again, 8.7%. Uh, ACC is 10%, Dalmia Bharat is 8.4%. So really nothing to write home about in terms of capital efficiency. And from the numbers, it seems like they're all fairly tightly grouped together. So it's a it's an industry phenomenon. So does this high capital expansion, you know, mean that their return on equity and, and the return on capital, is that going to get worse? Yes, it's going to get worse. You're absolutely right. And it's a good observation, Varun, because at 10 to 12% range for return on capital. Imagine, and these plants are running at full capacity just now. Imagine when new plants come on stream and they're not able to run at full capacity, then these return ratios will further depreciate. Mm -hmm. And that really is also my concern. The thing also is that why are these companies expanding capacity? Not just because the Adani Group has announced very aggressive plans, but the cement industry has seen phenomenal years. Last four or five years have been very good. So the balance sheets of all the cement companies is very clean. They can take on debt easily. They've got cash reserves also. And, you know, they want to protect their market share. So it is a very easy choice for cement managements to go ahead and expand their capacity. Now, a lot of them are doing brownfield capacity expansion. So they already have the limestone mines mm -hmm. and they're going to make optimal use of those limestone mines. The others are going for greenfield plants wherever they are a source of raw material. So it's like a you know race towards expanding capacity and it's certainly going to depreciate the capital ratios. And in one of the podcasts, Varun, we had discussed how return on capital affects the price to earnings multiple. Right. So we, I suspect that over a period of time, you will see a compression of the price to earnings multiple of the cement companies as well. Now, I think you've, you've anticipated my next question as well. Because one thing I wanted to try and point out, so we've, 
we often talk about how price turning multiple is a function of growth rates and capital efficiency. And just to highlight the point you made earlier about cement companies having low but stable growth rates, Ultratech has a top line growth of 8.8%, Shri Cement 7.51%, Ambuja 7.51%, and ACC 8.45%. Uh, Dalmia is a bit of an outlier at 10% as well. But it seems like they're all just maybe a percentage point or two above the GDP growth rate. So that's right. it's not like their growth rate is fantastic either. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but what happens is that I think the volume uh, growth also impacts the performance of these companies. And 7-8% is a fair number for cement volume growth, uh, more or less in line with GDP growth rates, as you said. Uh, but you should price in, investors should price in higher volume growth onwards for the next three, four years or so. Because under the Modi government, a lot of impetus has been given to infrastructure. And that may take up the volume growth by one or two percentage points higher. But as against that, the capacity expansion, I think it's, yeah. companies are going berserk over there, you know, Varun. And um, that's really the fear factor. What's, this, what's the timeline to expand capacity? I mean, how long does it take to set up a greenfield plant or a brownfield plant? Because if it's a you know double capacity in ten years, it's going to be not as not as big of a blow as opposed to double capacity in three years, four years. That that feels too much too quick. Now see, these are all announced plans. How much actually gets executed, we don't know. Secondly, is that the existing cement companies are also acquiring some of the weaker players, mm-hmm. uh, weaker players who do not have uh, optimal uh, capacity utilization. So not only is brownfield, greenfield capacity going to come on stream. But a lot of the inefficient players, their volumes also will go up under new ownership. Mm-hmm. Apart from that, to answer your question, it takes about three years for a greenfield plant to be set up. And brownfield can be you know, very easily done. Right. Uh, six months, one year or so. And all of these companies announced their plans about a year, a year and a half ago. Or so anyway, they were expanding capacity, but it has got more aggressive. And uh, you know, I suspect that in the next Three years for sure, the cement capacity will go up by at least 30-40%. Okay. And that's a lot considering that you are expecting 8-10% growth in the um, yeah. volume. So that's a lot. Yeah. And that really is the concerning factor. But I want to also uh, discuss something else. That being the basic cost structure of the cement industry. And, uh, you know, we could talk about that. So before well. we get to the cost structure, I think we've spoken about, you know, bad return on capital, you know, weak growth. I just want to close this point off by talking about the PE ratio because we've been, you know, dancing around that for a while. Uh, and just want to highlight this point for the viewers. So Ultratech trades at 42.9. Shri Cement has a PE of 58. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ambuja has a PE of 37. Um, ECC is the cheapest at a PE of 26. And Dalmia is again 32.8. So, just to, I guess, try and summarize what we've been saying. It seems like they're not particularly capital efficient businesses, and that's only going to get worse. Um, there's not accelerated top line growth, and although the Modi government has put an impetus behind infrastructure, it, ex- it gets executed at the pace it gets executed. But they're still trading at these extremely elevated valuations. See, you know, they are the darlings of the stock market. And many influential investors have uh, 
got very big stakes in these companies. <clears throat> At the same time, because their track record has been so great, uh, investors have been rewarding them with higher and higher price to earnings multiple. But I think that that's going to change going forward or so. And it's already happening amongst the smaller cement companies. So we picked the top four or five largest players. But if you go down the line, the price to earnings multiple has already compressed from 30 times thereabout to more like 20, 25 times or so. And it will happen with these large companies as well, Varun. Okay. Just mark my words. So let's talk about, I think as you were talking about, the basic business model of cement companies. And then maybe we'll do a quick whistle-stop tour through the large companies in the investable space. So basically, cement is all about location, right? Where you locate the plant, is it close to the markets? Is it close to limestone reserve? That's because it is a bulk commodity and transportation plays a very important role, which is why you cannot export or import it in a meaningful manner. And companies which have got a sensible strategy in identifying the right location and the right markets have done exceptionally well, right? So Ultratech follows a like across India model. Smaller companies, they are regional players and they build regional brands and they focus on getting maximum market share out of the areas in which they have dominance over. And the main raw material is limestone mine. And that, of course, is given by the government. It's available in abundance, but it's getting more and more short supply. Next is the power and fuel and the freight charges. Mm -hmm. And those are dependent upon crude oil prices. So whenever crude oil prices start to go up, these companies feel the pressure on their operating profit margins. And whenever crude oil prices go down, that's when the operating profit margins tend to move up. And that's what has happened in this quarter. If you see in this quarter, Varun, the top line has remained more or less steady because prices have been stable to lower. But the operating profit margins have jumped up because of lower input costs. Mm -hmm. But if we look at the world and where it stands today, I would think that more of a risk than an opportunity because the upside risk to crude oil is just is just so much higher given the geopolitical mm -hmm. situation in the Middle East as opposed to the potential to stay stable or go down. And to me, that, that becomes another really substantial risk factor in evaluating cement as an industry. Would you agree? That's right. I think, uh, you know, in inflationary scenarios, cement companies do get impacted. And normally in the past, whenever, you know, crude oil prices have spiked many times, right? But in the past, because of that price discipline, no, they've been able to increase the cost of cement back. But now when you have excess capacity, Everybody wants to, you know, churn out more and more. Mm -hmm. So they're going to compromise on the price. And that really is something to think about. Fair enough. I think it seems like a really difficult times for the cement industry going ahead. But let's talk about, you know, the big players in the space. Let's start with Ultratech, um, our big national player. And I think if we look at the market cap at 2.5 lakh crores or so, it's much bigger than any of the other players in the space. So would you like to give us a little bit of a story, you know, where Ultratech comes from and what's made it such a behemoth? So Ultratech originally was formed by Larson and Tobro. Your viewers may find it very surprising. But LNT, which is now India's largest EPC player, they are a cement division called LNT Cement. And it was a premium product and LNT Cement was truly a brand to reckon with. Then it got acquired by the Kumar Mangalam Group and they call it Ultratech Cement eventually. And then Ultratech Cement took over many of the cement assets of Century Textiles, which was another group company. And they did some acquisitions like Binani and JP Cement as well. 
So the 126 million odd capacity which you see, a lot of it is through organic uh, growth as well. And they've been very, very savvy when it comes to acquiring cement plants. And their key uh, USP, Barun, has been to take over the cement plant and make it exceptionally efficient mm -hmm. and get the maximum out of the uh, utilization out of, out of the particular asset. And they've done it phenomenally over the last several decades or so, which is why they have had these kind of uh, operating profit margins and have delivered these kind of returns as well. By and large, their capital allocation policy has been extremely sound. But now with the Arani group coming in, they want to take on the market leader. So you're going to see a fight between Ultratech and ACC Ambuja on both sides. Right. Let's quickly talk about Shri Cement and then we'll spend some time on ACC Ambuja and maybe how it fits into the wider Adani picture. So what's the story with Shri Cement? So Shri Cement is a story about super efficiency. I would say that Shri Cement is amongst the lowest cost producer of cement in the world in terms of not only setting up the cement plant means capital cost as well as operating cost. And that is why their return on capital employed is the highest in the industry for their size. They're very savvy players, great strategy when it comes to setting up new cement plants at very, very low cost of setting up the capital cost as well as the operating cost and exceptional marketing in terms of establishing their brand. And they started with being a major player in the north then they expanded to center and then to the eastern part of the country. And uh, by and large, they have been great in terms of producing their captive power as well. Their location of mines also been phenomenal. So efficiency equals to Shri Cement. No, that's, that's really interesting. And I think the points you're highlighted, um, are, they reflect very, very clearly in the numbers. So we've identified Ultratech and Shri Cement as the hyper-efficient players. Um, and Ultratech has an operating profit margin is of 21% and Shri Cement has 25%. Um, and if we look at Ambuja and ACC, which we'll come to in a second, they have operating profit margins that are substantially worse at 17% for Ambuja and 15% for ACC. And even the, the capital efficiency is, is much worse. And I presume that's because of worse margins. Um, Ultratech, once again, Capital efficiency of 9.5%, Shri best in class at 12.5%, and Ambuja is much worse at 8.7%. Uh, ACC is not bad at 10.4%, but I think this last year has been particularly bad. So really, there's you know you have these two hyper-efficient players that are being rewarded by much better P/E ratios, and the less efficient players that it seems like Adani has bought into the fold. So what's the strategy there? So ACC is India's oldest cement company and uh, one of the major issues or grouses that investors have had with ACC and Ambucha is the slow growth in their capacity. So while Ultratech and Shri Cement, Dalmia, a lot of other cement companies have been aggressively expanding capacity over the last decade or so, ACC and Ambucha have been lagging and in fact they have lost market share as well. So when the parent company MNC Wholesale wanted to sell off Adani took it as an opportunity because that is exactly what these companies require, a highly aggressive management to grow the capacity and regain their market share. Now, I must keep in mind that because these companies are really old players, they have superb locations, they have access to limestone mines, and they have a great brand also, great distribution network. They've been around for decades, Varun. So all they needed was some aggressive management which is prepared to take the risk and set up new plants 
improve the efficiency of the existing plants, take some tough decisions. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think the Adani group is going to do in these two companies. And I reckon that over the next three to five years, these two companies in terms of volume growth will be the highest in the industry. Mm -hmm. And there's an opportunity to increase their operating profit margins through better management as well. So one thing I wanted to talk about, because, you know, Adani is synonymous with infrastructure, especially today. Will Ambuja and ACC benefit from that captive demand of the remainder of the Adani group? Of course, I think so. Wouldn't you give preference to your sister concern if you're setting up a project? But that's not just the most important uh, aspect. Uh, managements play an important role. And Adani understands this business very well as well. And they may be able to attract good talent also. So um, from that point of view, uh, you know, they could have a positive influence on the operations of these two companies going ahead. You know, that's, I think that's a really nice and succinct explanation. Let's close off with Dalmia Bharat, um, the fifth company we've selected to look at today. And just to once again give our viewers a sense of a little bit of Dharmya Bharat. Um, seems like they're a very efficiently run company with a 26%, 27% operating profit margin. Their return on capital is a little bit worse at 8.4%, but they're not as aggressively valued as Ultratech and Shri. Um, they're only, their PE is only 32.8. So what's it's not only 32.8, also it's rich valuation. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm putting it in context of the other the others that we've discussed. Yeah, I know, let's just talk for a minute. These PEs, do you think are they sustainable? I mean, we've no, done so many podcasts. No, they're, they're absolutely not. You know, I was I was going to get to that point after we'd gone through Dalmia, but sure. They, they, you know, every time we ask this question, um, what what percentage of your portfolio should you be, you know, allocating to this sector? And I, I'm, I mean, I'll take a guess, and I'm fairly certain it's going to be zero. <laughs> That's true. As I'm not a great fan of cement, but I'm in the minority. Within the investor class, within the fund managers, there are many fund managers and analysts who are very bullish on cement. I don't share that optimism because of the reasons I said in this podcast. I have a question here, right? Like. Everything we've discussed about these companies, it, it seems very cut and dry, right? Like they're not particularly capital efficient businesses. The the low return on equity is it's black it's and given, white. Yeah. It's a given, right? There's a lot of aggressive expansion and competition. That's that's a given, right? And I think we've, at this point we've discussed about 50, 60 companies. They're easily in the top quartile in terms of valuation, right? What's the what's the logic of fund managers that are bullish on cement? I think they feel that the volume expansion may surprise us, you know. So I could be wrong if suddenly the volumes are, you know, like in mid-teens. Then the capacity expansion jolt will not be that high. Secondly, what if the price discipline is maintained, you know, Varun? You know, so these are the X factors when you're analyzing cement. And also they've been great wealth creators. So let's not underestimate the potential of the industry. I may get it wrong. Okay, but if I get it wrong, then I don't get the upside in one industry. But if mm -hmm. I get it right, then these companies are in for a long period of stagnation in terms of equity returns. Mm -hmm. uh, because as you said, the price to earnings multiple may contract and their actual performance also may deteriorate. Mm -hmm. And even if the performance doesn't necessarily deteriorate, justifying these valuations will take a long, long time, I think, as well. That's right. Just one or two years of flat performance and market will start. Uh, you know, discounting these yeah. things, uh, discounting these companies at lower price earnings multiple. No, very, very interesting. I mean, I know, I get the logic that, 
volume growth can surprise us. But even if the demand exists for cement, even if the capacity exists for cement, the infrastructure companies can only build infrastructure at a particular pace. There's only that many people involved in building it. Even if there is 100 projects lying around, there is still only one LNT. That's true. And you want to know an interesting fact? If you take a 10-year growth of cement consumption, guess what the growth has been? <clears throat> 8 percent. 5 percent. Oh, that's very low. That's right. Of course, it, from 13 to 23, so we've had large number of Modi government years in it. Yeah. Yet, it's yeah. only 5 percent. 13 to 23 is also a full 10 years is really a full economic cycle as well. So that's why I'm not that optimistic that these companies will be able to generate very high volume growth going forward as well. Yeah, I, I think I'd, I tend to agree with that opinion. Uh, but let's maybe wrap up, you know, by summarizing. No, no, no. Let's, okay. I think we've... we've... Uh, one word on Dalmia. Sure. Dalmia is a clone of Sri Cement. Okay, again, efficient player, present in, in, in the East, Northeast and Tamil Nadu. And again, the strategy has been to go for low cost of production. And that's been their key to success. That's that's nice. I think put them in the same bucket than a street. Exactly. But let's close this podcast, you know, with some with some closing thoughts on the cement sector and what investors should do. Because I think one thing we discussed in the FMCG podcast is there's going to be there's going to be people that have large chunks of these wealth creators in their portfolio. So how should how should yeah. those investors <laughs> approach this now? Yes, thank you for remembering because these are old companies and they've been multi-baggers. So they would be there'll be many investors who have a very large proportion of their holdings in these companies. My advice to them is to, you know, start to liquidate gradually and diversify away from cement. I don't think that uh, the kind of returns that the industry generated over the past 10, 20, 30 years can be repeated over the next four or five years or so. Yeah. So I would be a bit cautious. And the best way is to sell little, 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 little by little. And more importantly, you know, Varun, I think next two, three quarters may be good for cement. Let me just put that caveat over there because oil prices are low. Mm-hmm. Uh, consumption is going to be high because elections are on the corner, so more infrastructure projects, mm-hmm. completing infrastructure projects, those targets will be certainly met. And as yet, the capacity expansion has not reached the level mm-hmm. where it will cause a kind of a glut in the market. Mm-hmm. So there is some amount of pricing flexibility with these companies. So maybe the next three, four quarters could be very good for cement. I can see that visibility. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, I'm not so sure. You know, another another interesting thought I have, for, particularly for people that are very bullish on the infrastructure theme, there's there's definitively better ways to play it. Exactly. And we spoke about Dalasan and Tobro and other companies in the earlier podcast. Yeah. I think I'm more bullish on actual engineering procurement companies. Mm-hmm. I'm more bullish on real estate companies mm-hmm. than the cement companies. So whenever I say, if you want to play India's real estate urbanization story, Go for the EPC players, go for the real estate player, avoid cement. I think that's a very interesting, very poignant way to play this theme and I think it's good advice for our investors. Um, I think on that note, let's wrap up this podcast. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts. Thank you. And uh, I hope that, you know, our viewers take take everything we have to say to heart and apply to their portfolio. Um, and we hope you enjoyed this podcast. Thank you. Yeah, I have one doubt. If you are bullish about engineering procurement companies and all that, they are gonna use cements. Yes. Right. So like 
if they are getting big projects, cement companies are going to get pushed. So why not cement companies? Because the capacity is coming very fast. So growth may go from 5% to 12% also. Right? Okay. So right now if you are producing say 1 billion tons, it may go to 1.1. But the capacity go from 1 billion to 1.4 billion. I'll give a very simple example, right? There's a coaster road being built in Yeah. Let's say, uh, let's call that unit one, one big project. Let's say Delhi decides to build a project of equivalent scale. Second ring road, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Another big, big infra project. Yeah. That's going to create a lot of demand, right? Like that's the... Who is going to build that project? It's still going to be LNP. Yeah. But who's going to supply the cement? That may be different. Ah, so like... It's very diversified and there are a lot of players. That's yeah. why there is yeah. no growth potential. The, the, the bottleneck is not this... Like if there was only one big cement player and 15 EPC companies, then the way to make money is on the cement side. But because there's very few good EPC companies, but a lot of cement players, then the value shifts. This podcast is produced by Elixir Equities Private Limited, a SEBI registered research analyst. Registration number INA 00004787. The information provided in this podcast is for educational and informational purposes only and should not be considered as investment advice. Investment in securities market are subject to market risk. We strongly advise all investors to read all related documents carefully before investing.